smile at the camera hi everyone and welcome back to the global diamond broker hard truth podcast episode 71 you know i've never watched a full episode and i think the first time i episode 71 isn't that something eh? yeah and i think this is going to be our most exciting episode so far for you because it's what's the topic today me yeah and my background in the industry only because i got a bit of a nasty instagram message today saying what makes you the global diamond broker that's how i heard it that's not how it was said (laughs) but it's a good question Mm -hmm. right it's a very valid question don't i rock this headset get it rock the headset As you guys can tell, Colin's favorite subject is himself. How would they be able to tell that if you didn't tell them? Oh, trust me, but they'd be able a, to tell. It's an exciting subject because the guy asked and, you know, I thought off the top of my head, please go see the post. Off the top of my head, I started talking about things and honestly, my I don't think that there's anybody in the world currently in the diamond industry who is at my um, has my experience in the industry and, and not all just levels. here in North America. That's right, mm-hmm. all over the world. And mm-hmm. so I, I think it's relevant. And now when I get them asking, I can just say, "Go watch listen episode to episode seventy one. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about a couple of things first because I saw this. Uh, um uh article this morning and they were talking about how mine diamond prices are stabilizing and i thought oh really that doesn't seem to be but if you read the article and look i get accused all the time of going you're pro lab grown diamonds well maybe i am but if i am it's all predicated upon the facts of what's going Mm -hmm. on in the industry and you know we're in a war here and Mm -hmm. you know like i say all the time the biggest casualty in a war is the truth is the truth we want you to know the truth so i looked at this and i thought holy but apparently it's not really the truth Mm -hmm. it's not stabilizing apparently it slowed the slip the fall the the uh catastrophic drop that we can't really because of the industry so controlled know what the truth is has slowed if we can believe that and you know when i thought about it i thought oh december 25th is coming you know and other holidays this time of year where there's people diwali coming up and i wonder if part of this is de beers 20 million dollars to help stabilize mm-hmm. 20 million it's not a drop in it's the bucket it's for them peanuts mm-hmm. uh, for the whole multi-billion dollar international industry i'm just wondering if it's a, a little bit of that mm-hmm. and so look if it is stabilizing it couldn't have got much worse so that makes a little bit of sense mm-hmm. so yeah so We've been busy. We're busy. We're uh, a busy little company brokering our diamonds all over the world. And I am the global diamond broker. Actually, we are the global diamond broker because we put our emojis together when mm-hmm. we. But we're not people. together. But we're not together. But we're not together. And like go- that. Going back a few episodes, it's because I can do so much better. Okay, whatever. What? 
What? Sorry, I couldn't hear with my headphones I rock on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway, so yeah, my background in the diamond industry. And if you go look at the post, should I read it? Eh, let them see for themselves. It's on Instagram. You guys can go read Colin clapping back at yeah his uh but but i'm at least this time i was polite because it's a good question and it's a question that deserves to be asked why am i and so i pondered it for about a millisecond and i started typing and i mean the global diamond i've been all over the world with diamonds i've been to you know the great wall of china i've been to singapore Mm -hmm. i've been to you know, all over Europe. I had an office in the Bourse in Antwerp, Belgium. I've been mentored by, you know, colored diamonds, which is one of my things. His specialties, I've been mentored yeah. by uh, Eddie Alsace, who is known as the king of colored diamonds. And we're going back to 20, 30 years ago when Eddie would sit down with me. It's interesting how my two biggest mentors... We're both named Eddie. We're both named Eddie. Hmm. And then there's dink. Uncle Eddie... Edward Greisbert, who taught me white diamonds. Um, and uh, this guy is a former site dealer for De Beers. I mean, you can't get higher in the diamond industry mm-hmm. selling the $100 million boxes of rough. Mm-hmm. You can't get higher in the diamond industry. And, you know, he taught me how to look at a rough diamond, how to manufacture it, how, that's cutting it, and faceting it, and and getting a final diamond that's you know you know in your jewelry store and he was so. your mentor that if you're really smart, your broker huh <laughs> he was your mentor that really appreciated the rough right he was that's exactly yeah i know i'm a good listener sometimes okay not very often though i know i know i said sometimes <laughs> i said sometimes hey usually it's a little bit more of a battle he taught you how to appreciate and love the rough the rough he did uncle eddie mm-hmm. loved it so and this is a guy who would you know when i met him i'll tell you a quick story we were in an office in antwerp and i had shown up in their office randomly out of the blue and i owned a very small company mm-hmm. in fact you'll see on the 1.2 million us dollar argyle invoice with the list you got to look at these invoices because this is my history Mm -hmm. the invoice is made out to colin ferguson and diamonds direct and you know diamonds direct although i don't own it any longer started off as a very small company me working out of a safe deposit box selling diamonds to jewelry stores that became a very big company under my direction and my knowledge and my experience and my recommendations and the fact that the only return on a diamond is beauty anyway why so, don't we go back a little bit and start with your um the initial career or job that got you into the diamond business male prostitution <laughs> I think just so that I'm thinking of going back. Just so we can stay on track, because I know you have a hard time doing that, Colin. (laughs) And I know your favorite subject is yourself. But why don't we start from the very beginning of time? Male prostitution is wrong, right? That's right. Many moons ago, (laughs) when you were just a wee young, young gentleman. Are you you talking about my experience as a uh, 
retailer. Yes. My short, it was not that short lived. It was a few years, but yes, I started off in the retail industry when I met a, an amazing guy and, uh, by the name of Doug Spence. If you're Spence Canadian, Diamonds. I'm sure you would know. Canadian, originally from Alberta. His dad had been a jeweler, but Doug was an amazing entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And Spence Diamonds is still there today, although he doesn't own it any longer either. It's a very big going concern across Canada. In those days, I worked with them opening stores as far east as Winnipeg. Now they're in they're in Toronto. They have a couple of stores, but they were based in Vancouver when there was only one store. And I worked with them in Edmonton, Alberta, all the way out to uh, as far east as Winnipeg. And so this is my retail experience. And I started in sales with them and moved into management. And they used me to help stores across the country. But look, I hate it retail. Um, it was not my thing. But and why? I, why did you hate retail? What about what aspect? Well, I didn't really learn anything about diamonds. And retail, mm-hmm. if you go into any retail store today, they really don't know anything about what they're selling. Right. They drive advertising, they drive marketing, and they try to convince you of things like the keeps four C's up, like too. somehow this one just burns my bonnet. Hmm. Is that somehow mine diamonds have, have some value. sort of value? after you buy them where it's an investment so yeah i opened these this chain of jewelry stores and really didn't learn a thing about diamonds and people ask me all the time how i got into the diamond industry well the fact of the matter is the diamond industry got into me i met doug spence had to have me come work for his company offered me a huge agreement and i took it you were a young boy not a young boy but a young man right a young man Mm -hmm. yeah my early 20s 20s. and but then what happened was i I, look i hate it retail i left i thought i gotta go find something else to do and about a week later a family out of antwerp belgium where i i entered it where I had, interestingly enough, been when I was going to university and my job in the summer were working on super tankers oh, all yeah. over the world, if you can imagine. And we had gone in what was then the third largest port in the world was Antwerp, Belgium. Mm. And so they called me from Antwerp and they said, we're looking for a broker of our diamonds for North America. And this was my next opportunity. They flew in from Antwerp, they hired me. And so this is where I really started to learn and understand the business. Mm -hmm. Because my job was to take a briefcase full of diamonds, if you can imagine, something right out of the movies, with uh, 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 millions of dollars worth of diamonds in it. And, you know, I would go to every retailer, every wholesaler, every manufacturer across the country. You would start at the East Coast. Uh, The East Coast. And and I shouldn't say the country, North America. I'd start out in New York and go all the way to Los Angeles. In Mm -hmm. Canada, I'd start in Toronto and go all the way. I'd come all the way home to Vancouver. Can't even imagine. this is where I learned the business. On the road was unbelievable. I used to give out cards saying I was a computer programmer because you couldn't tell people what you did. You'd get whacked. Your biggest threat, actually, was the jeweler in those days who'd call his buddy and say, look, there's this diamond dealer. Mm -hmm. So we would do things like give out cards saying that I was a... uh, programmer because at night remember we'd have to go into hotels where they had safe deposit boxes and put the goods in the safe deposit box Mm -hmm. as that was a prerequisite of lloyd's of london the underwriter and insurer crazy and so 
that was one of the things. We'd change our rent-a-cars every couple of days so they wouldn't recognize the car. And yeah, it was an interesting experience. Uh, but that's where I learned two things, and two things that every listener we have should know about. Number one, what real quality is when it comes to owning a diamond. And number two, what we could buy and broker these things for compared to what they'd sell for in jewelry stores. So December 15th, 1989, my contract's up with these guys. Uncle Eddie became ill and uh, eventually passed away. God rest his soul. Nicest man in the whole wide world. Taught me everything about the industry. And... Uh, I started my own little company in those days called Diamonds Direct. And you'll see this on the Argyle invoice. And it basically was me working out of the safe deposit box at a bank and with um, no cell phones. There were no cell phones in those days. A cell phone in those days was about this big. And all you could do was make a phone call. Wow. You couldn't carry them around. And now look at you with your little iPhone in your pocket. It's like Star Trek for me. <laughs> I don't know. Right? The 1960s, the show. You don't know Star Trek? No. William Shatner? Yeah, of course I know William well, Shatner. Well, he's Captain Kirk. Yeah, of course. Get it together. <laughs> Because they had little things. Anyway, so we digress as we always do. But having said that, I'd get pages and I'd go to the bank to safe deposit box and I'd grab the diamond, I'd deliver it to the jewelry stores. Mm -hmm. And then what happened that really fundamentally, and I didn't know it at the time, changed the direction of my career was a friend of mine was getting engaged. And I said to her, like, don't go pay retail. Come see me and I'll get you either a better quality or bigger diamond at a better price. And, you know, there used to be this commercial on TV where they told two friends and they told two friends. And what? So on <laughs> and so on. And this is where the company... So without advertising, without a budget for it, without even seeing people we don't know in our secure office, hidden like we are now, there's no name, no address, you can't find us. Um only online can you find us, is um, the company started to grow and became quickly one of the fastest growing companies in the nation. And it was interesting because we didn't advertise. We like didn't now. Have a budget for it. Like now. Like now. I mean, we do. people don't know this. We do no advertising. Mm -hmm. Judy Actually, and except I for do, one time. We tried advertising. Yeah, and it, it didn't. didn't yeah, it. we spent like on $30 TikTok, or something. Yeah, yeah, 30 bucks to see how it went. Forget it. Mm -hmm. Wasn't for us, that's for sure. And so we produce everything between the two of us. Judy will sit down and put a camera on. Yell me at you. Whatever comes out, comes out. Mm -hmm. Makes it kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but that's when the company started. And we moved to millions in revenue a year. You know, and I say that because people who don't understand the industry, you know, if you look at a one of these little corner jewelers, these chain jewelers, and I'm not going to name names, but those stores do half a million a year if they're lucky with margins that are absolutely ridiculous because mm -hmm. it's all profit because they, they offer things that may not be accurately graded. Um, but... And then that company started to grow and, you know, eventually I retired and came back in and now I'm the global diamond broker to wrap up quickly. So Diamonds Direct is still a big going concern down in the U.S. as a retailer. And uh, 
I never really ever left the business because I'd been a student of it. And if someone would have said to me, you know, you're going to be 53, and <laughs> you think anyone would believe that? Oh, lots of people. That's mm. their guess. Yeah, and I'm 16, you guys. Well, I'm going to leave that okay, alone yeah, for this. Just, okay, let's just move I'm on. not going to go anywhere with that at all. Okay? Let's move along. I'm going to pretend we? they didn't hear it. Okay, but but that's the fact, right? Like mm-hmm. um, that, I would be here doing what we're doing and selling brokering I, I i don't want to call it selling because these are the best prices on the most beautiful diamonds in the world and, and let me ask you this colin sure. now at 53 yes um what do you think is your purpose in the diamond industry today oh what a good question thanks where the hell did that come from i don't know 71 episodes and finally is this 71 okay <laughs> um because i believe you know, I, I think it's about i used to call it the truth mm-hmm. but i think for us it's about the facts mm-hmm. i think facts is a better word you know i get these like i did this morning this guy who's going hey why are you why are you? look I, I just want people to know the facts. This mm-hmm. is a changing industry. And it's an industry of misinformation, information asymmetry. Right. And I think there is a need for uh, transparency. That's exactly it. Right. And if someone would ask me when I started doing TikToks, I mean, it's always kind of been the core to everything we've done is accuracy and grading. You know, mm-hmm. we had a situation yesterday where, you know, I had given a... a a, a follow a quote on a couple of internally flawless D color triple excellent lab created diamonds. And he messaged me back and he said, Oh, wait, these guys sell that for this. And I thought, that's not possible for them to sell that for this. And when I went on, I found out it was not GIA certification. Yeah, it was IGI. The jewelers don't tell you this. They're not going to. This is a good example of what. And you're how would you, as the consumer, know to check that, for these that things? That a right? certificate is not a certificate. That certificate is up to three grades off. So you'd be paying for D. You'd, you'd be, be getting an F, F or, or a G. G. Mm-hmm. You'd be paying for internally flawless. You'd be getting a VS. D, even sometimes their VS one. Yeah. So so it's it's a, another aspect of the industry that's for the industry. Mm-hmm. Not for you. It's an IGI cert, mm-hmm. right? And not a GIA, and you can understand how people would make the mistake, but it's like I have these little things that, and, and you know, I'm surprised no one calls me up, but this is a fact. IGI is a lie. They are not accurate. If they're selling you IGI, ask them why. <laughs> it's GIA or no way. How is that? It's, but that's a fact. That's just a fact. If you get your IGI and you send it to the GIA, it ain't going to be in the ballpark. I doubt it's going to be triple X. I know because this is made to help the industry make money, and this is an industry of bullshit. Mm-hmm. So we just break through the bullshit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised no one's crushed me yet. We had the red dot conversation. If you see a red dot on me, you're to step in front of me. Uh, no, I'm going to run away. <laughs> Jump out the window. Get down. Yeah. Um, 
But seriously, it's a it's a new time in the industry. Look, whether you want a lab grown diamond or a mine diamond, that's your business. But please understand what's going on. Please understand that I doubt very much that there's any slowing down in the, the depreciation of mine diamonds right now. I doubt that's the case. I think it's just a story that's being told mm-hmm. to facilitate the... Uh, the the holiday season and diamond sales I, 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 which make up what 50 percent of diamond sales right the holiday season oh makes up 50 from december of- 1st to december 24th traditionally now these numbers are a bit all over the place but a, a little corner store mm-hmm. does 50 percent of their business their in those sales. 24 days yep. their annual business mm-hmm. if you can imagine so, so it's quite interesting. It's, you know, again, I guess you could look different places for the numbers, but I've been around a long time. And yeah, that's we the, know. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. If you want to know, if you want to That's his background. He knows what he's doing. If you want to paying for, if you want to understand, mm-hmm. that's what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Right? So, yeah. so to the fellow who sent me the message... And I think he said something about anybody can see that the global diamond broker. I think in the industry, mm-hmm. to sort of sum up, I have the most extensive background in the industry. And we haven't even covered it all today. I mean, you know, the real opportunities. How about being an agent for the biggest, most important mine in the world? That They're being their authorized partner. And having them come to our Vancouver offices. And when we were doing the campaign with Kimmy and I, our designers still today, for the Breast Cancer Foundation, where we've raised so much money. Mm-hmm. Um, the Duke of Kent Medal for Philanthropy, because you don't know this about us, because we don't talk about it, but we give a lot away. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a philosophy of as you give, you gather. And so so we give. Anyway, I that's on the Instagram post from the person who asked. Um, normally, I shake those guys in their boots, but I, I, I don't know. I'm, now that I'm 53, I seem to be mellowing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Maybe it's all that yoga you've been doing. I, um, I, my birthday was September Just quick 25th. side note before I forget. Um, Zachary, my chauffeur, when I was in Paris, if you are watching this, hello, and thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Zachary? Yeah. Zachary. Name. Well, that's right. You promised him last time, but you broke your promise to him, too. Yeah. I I do that a lot. Yeah, I know. Just to boys, though. Yeah. Ew! You just spat on me. Ow! You just hit me! Anyways, you guys, I think if I don't stop calling in his tracks right now, he could probably go on and on and on for the next three hours. So... Suffice it to say this. Mm -hmm. The industry has changed. It's changing. The... Facts that used to be facts, even for the jewelers. I mean, I'm amazed at how many jewelers follow us now looking for the facts. Well, because we're educators. We have them. Mm -hmm. But we're not just educators for the industry. We're not just transparent for the industry. We're transparent for you. You want to know the real price? Please get a quote from us. Mm -hmm. Please do not buy a diamond without talking to us anymore first. The amount of nuances, the amount of absolute bs that is out there imagine this jeweler still believes there's a secondary market 
or does he? Or that is that the same line he learned from De Beers a million years ago and has been using forever? Get it? Forever? We need to get back on our uh, videos, How to Buy Diamond Without Getting Ripped Off. That was one of our first videos. Yeah, we will. Okay. Thank you so much, you guys, for tuning in. Namaste. <laughs> I'm back to yoga now. Okay. After breaking my tailbone.